0: Yeah, Rap Rate Up Podcast, Elliot Wilson. Beat Out. Beat Out, what's up, baby? Feeling good, man. Yeah, I put this guy on many magazine covers, but this is only the second time I've seen him in real life, man. Yes. Yeah, it's the man. game, the man. Game. What's yeah, up, like, game?
1: Bro. Chilling, man. Happy to be here. I was really looking forward to doing this. Thank Absolutely. you, brother.
0: Thank you. Congrats on the album, man. How, how fulfilling is it for you? Like, you know, when you think of the game, you don't think of singles, you don't think of songs. Like, you're an albums artist, right? People think you're bodies of work. Like, talk about that, you know, pride you may have in that, and like, how do you then approach albums? Uh, I think
1: like from uh my, the early stages of my love for hip hop at uh I we even my father before hip hop he always had like a CD case that was that roll shotgun in his uh Seville and his Cadillac. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it was like he would have to pick the you know CD case up and then put it in the back seat if you was riding with him. Mm-hmm. So it's like you open the CD case and he was real OCD about you know the gap band on this page and then George Clinton on the next page. And you know, he had his early rap, the Sugar Hill Gang, and all of that. So once I start really getting the hip hop, you know, my pops bought me a CD case and then I would have like you know, uh, all Nas's albums and, mm-hmm. you know, The Chronic and The Chronic Two Thousand One and all Jay Z albums on the page so that if my homies came over and they was flipping through my CDs, <laughs> aesthetically, <laughs> yeah, it was pleasing. So um that's why that's the number one reason that um that I'm just the album guy. I love uh like full bodies of work. I feel like um and, and then back then, you know, like you really, you had to. You couldn't yeah. just drop a single. Well, you could drop a single. You could drop the Who Let Them Dogs Out and then <laughs> yeah. still be getting your residuals today. That's- or you could have been like one of those artists that um just is cemented in like, you know, hip hop forever, and uh, I wanted to be one of those artists, um, so that's why it was always important to me. I thought
2: you retired from the game, though, man, from the last project. You know what it
1: is, man, is I try every time to kind of step back um, and really, and I could easily just right. never rap again, but I got so many people around me who believe, who really believe that uh, I'm one of the best rappers ever ever. Mm -hmm. ever dead or alive and and they really really believe that and i i know this to be true too so i just you know i come back man every now and then So what was
0: your process like putting out dramatic was it was it the takeoff when you and Ye did the easy thing or did you already kind of have it planned Um, out
1: um so this this nigga Ye, i was working on my album and i was almost complete i was almost finished with it and then Ye was like yo he popped in we did easy he was like yeah let's go to miami Mm. And I'm like, ah, I'm in the middle of the album. He like, I need you, and that's my brother. So I'm like, all right, we go to Miami. We end up being in Miami for a month, working on <laughs> wow. uh, working on Down to Two, and we got you know we got it complete. But then that was a month that I took off of my album. Mm. So once Yay uh, came back to L.A. from you know to see his kids and stuff, I didn't. Uh, I stayed in Miami because at that point I'm having fun. Mm-hmm. And then after that, I stopped by you know Houston and New Orleans and had some more fun. So I ended up being gone for sixty days off my project. So. When I came back, I was just like, I gotta like get back into it. So I took like, you know, maybe a week to just dive back into it, a little, um, lyrical uh, exercise. You know, mm-hmm. I was doing songs that wasn't per se for the album, but just to get back in the swing of things. And so once I did that, it was uh, another three months that I needed to put the album out. And it was basically basically based on sample clearances, which I might not ever use a sample ever again <laughs> in my life after this album. Because yeah. um, number one, I had 30 songs yeah, on the yes. album trying to clear, I think maybe 20 of them had samples in them. Yeah. And samples are getting so meticulous these days that it's not just like clearing a whole sample like is mm-hmm. you got to go through the writers and the producers and some of these people can't be found and mm-hmm. some of these people are no longer living and you got to go through estates and it could be one hi-hat that is from something 50 years ago and if you don't find that you got to pull the whole sample and they getting tricky with like replaying stuff too and you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying interpolation so it's like it's just too tedious so I think from here on out I'm just going to go straight back to just raw hip hop and just my voice less features and less uh, samples but this album came out incredible that's why I pushed it all the way for the last six months, six, seven months and I'm yeah. just I'm just happy that, that it came together the way it did and I was able to keep almost every song that I recorded for it mm-hmm. and that
2: they all jailed the way they did. And you shouted out Jay-Z for helping you clear seven samples on there, right? Yeah, man, eight
1: seven, now. Eight, seven, eight, eight, eight. 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 Because because wow. uh, at the end of the day <laughs> I used uh, Father's Prayer Mm. which was uh, you know I can't see it coming down my eyes so I'm gonna make somebody's son cry Um, and so you gotta clear that even if you flip a word or something like that and rightfully so because everybody should get what they deserve if that you know if they Mm. were true to their art and they're the originators of creating that content yeah
2: did you think that he was gonna get those cleared for you
1: um because of my tricky past with throwing <laughs> shots at home um you know i think at this point he knows that uh i have grown and i have matured mm. and also of course he have grown and i mean he's grown and been grown and his wisdom you know uh just by far is it's whole man you know what yeah, i'm saying yeah. And so he he, i'm pretty sure from afar he sees my growth we have mutual friends mm. swizz tim um pharrell so he he know what's up and um I just I was hoping he cleared him. He cleared <laughs> something on Born to Rap too, so right. it yeah. wasn't like I didn't think he was. But yeah. for him to be able to just be like, like hey is
0: a lot. What if you said your game? I'm gonna give you like five. Like I gave you all of them, right? I mean, you,
1: <laughs> if you hove, you kind of gotta clear everything <laughs> yeah. or clear none, right? <laughs> right. And hove yeah. is that type of guy. It's either yeah. a no or yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, he cleared him. I was ecstatic about it, and I'm um, I'm forever grateful. And I mean, you know, the old me that took the shots at a hove, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I don't regret anything. I, yeah. Like I did what I did, and I, and I think that uh, he understands that too. You know what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? I was young. I was 24, 25 and shooting, you know, throwing rocks at the throne. Hove has always been at the top and I've always been a fan and so even if I'm a fan, I can still challenge you. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like if I feel like if Floyd Mayweather could have really boxed Muhammad Ali in his prime, like he would have done that. It's not that he wants to go to
0: war with Muhammad Ali. It's just that he's a fan and that guy is that guy. So you always
1: want to challenge
0: that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And starting from scratch too, you also referenced the conversation you guys had and you said, maybe I missed understood what he was trying to say. like
1: Yeah, I right, so uh Jimmy Henchman, my brother Jimmy Henchman, my good brother, man. um yes.
0: Manager. Yeah. For manager. Was my was my manager
1: at the time earlier on in my career. He took me to the 4040 club and I was so excited that I was going to meet Jay-Z mm-hmm. and go to the 4040 club. And I hadn't even um really I don't think I might not even been signed to aftermath yet. But um I went to the 4040 club and at the if you know anything about it it at the bottom there's this bar. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? And so yep. I went straight in because we were told to wait at the bar. Hove is in a meeting with uh, Leor and uh, Kevin Lyles. And uh, so I was chilling at the bar. I ended up having shots. So when I went, when I finally got to meet Hove, he was upstairs uh, or, you know, I think in a room playing a pool. Playing pool. He was on a pool table. Mm -hmm. Yeah, back room. And so uh, I went in there and I was just at that point I was excited, but still I was like disoriented a little bit from my shots Mm -hmm. and a little inebriated. So um, the things that he said got misconstrued and like I was like sort of offended by his aggressive approach to teach me Mm -hmm. or to tell me, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, I took it the wrong way and I took it back to L.A. and just did some, you know, some some goofy young nigga shit and start throwing shots, but yeah. again, like I said, I, I don't regret yeah. nothing. And then that was a moment, mm. and um, I think that might have been one or two times I even ever even seen Hov in my wow. life. So, and that's crazy, being that I've been in the game yeah. twenty years almost. Do you yeah. remember
2: what he said specifically that made you feel that way? I don't remember uh, verbatim, but it was it was
1: like some real good, older, mm-hmm. dope, legendary advice. But it was like it's, it was coming from Hov. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah
0: you know, wasn't ready to receive right. it at that time it's, yeah so. yeah it, it's, fire. it's like
1: if like jesus really told you about yourself <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's like you got drunk yeah. in the club with your homies and god yeah. spoke to you like nigga what you doing <laughs> right but it was something to the tune of like you know uh like the beefs and shit that i was having early on in my career and yeah. shit like that probably just was unnecessary and my mm-hmm. money talk but you know when you're young you don't be yeah. trying to hear that you know what i'm saying it's like if i was in the room with like I don't know NBA young boy right now telling him to do this and do that. It will probably go in one ear and one out the uh, you know and out the other because he young and he in his you know he in it. Once you get older, that's why that's what I like hate a lot of times about hip hop is some of these artists they die before they get a chance to really grasp what it is that they need to in life. Mm -hmm. It's it's the untimely demises of Biggie and Pac to you know them are the most notable. And if you think about Biggie and Pac. Them niggas was wearing suits and hard bottom shoes to the club, mm-hmm. and Versace and and dressing up like grown men. And then think about twenty four and twenty five years old though. Yeah, yeah. So it's like you know to be snatching some of these hip hop artists off the planet before they get a chance to mature. Um, me being forty two and looking at that, knowing it, seeing it, it's just like I, I look in the mirror myself and I feel like totally blessed cuz that yeah. could have been me and 50 is, easily.
2: Is that the reason why you decided to make a sequel for Star from Scratch? Um I think that uh Star from
1: I don't I don't really like sequels a lot. Sometimes when you do something so great uh originally and it is uh you know like world renowned and people really love it and appreciate it that it should kind of be left alone mm-hmm. but I was feeling myself one night in this studio in this room and uh I felt like there was things that I needed to say. Mm. And so that was the song that, you know, that I, that I set it on. And I, and I really, I really like that song. And I really feel like when I, when I hear it, I feel, um, I think about Prodigy mm. a lot when I hear that song. And so mm-hmm. that's why I, I spoke and it, and it's the, um, you know, it's the getaway. getaway right? yeah, it yeah, gave me my first beat ever that I had from like a dope nigga in the game. And I held it. Until I got signed to Aftermath, which is crazy. Wow. And uh, me and Prodigy, you know, we was always cool. He, he, they start fucking with G Unit for a minute, and then we fell off a little bit, yeah, obviously yeah. because of affiliation. But we got back right before he passed, and I was real uh, happy about that, man, because that was really my dude. Mm.
0: Yeah, you said you went Fifty like, like. With the thing the G Unit thing, when you joined them, like I wanted to get your perspective. Like we hear about Fifty has these song ideas that you know you, you, you build on and make. But what was your whole perspective, like getting recognized and the idea that you would join G Unit at that time?
1: Um, for me to join G Unit that was uh Jimmy Iovine's idea. Yeah. Um Fifty was um dope enough to entertain the idea and allow me to be a part of the group which which was um dope for me because i was still working on a documentary and you know i everybody knew who i was from like the early on mixtapes but then i got you know me that me and ski in new jersey devil did but um yeah yeah. but then i got on who kid mixtapes and i started to get on clue mixtapes and 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 like so 50 looked out in that aspect. And plus, it made sense. I was from the West Coast. They had Buck. He was from Nashville and Yayo Banks and 50 were from New York. So Mm -hmm. it kind of gave us that, you know, that triangle of like, The world and like America because you had the West, you had the East, you had the South, and so it only made sense. So it made sense to him, it made sense to me because G Unit at that time was like running at fifty, was on top of the world, and then Dre got got to relax and work on finish Get Rich or Die Trying, and then work on documentary while we were Mm -hmm. on tour and going around Cancun and spring break and doing all that. So yeah,
0: yeah. When the conflict happened, like you you know, you didn't want to go against Nas or Fat Joe or people that cool with, like. You seem like the rest of the guys were all in for that type of stuff. Did you think that was gonna end up being a problem because you wasn't Um, gonna ride that way with the the unit?
1: You know what it was is um, that shit could have went either way because if me fifty and Banks and Yayo and Buck were friends outside of music like it seemed that we were as like a group, then I probably would have just rolled with the group. Um, but we were just artists. Like, I just felt like I was game and I'm signed as unit. It wasn't like I was with them niggas every day or mm, we was mm-hmm. like breaking peanut butter and jelly sandwiches in half or nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. Like we were just, it was a business. We, mm. I was just in a group. I wasn't gotcha. like with them niggas. Like, you know, you would think. Um, so when it came to, you know, I think it was Flex asking me how I felt about, you know, 50s beef with Nas and Jadakiss and Fat Joe. I'm like, yo, these is niggas that I was in a trap. Like I'm bumping these albums. Like I know these niggas and these albums have molded me to be who I am before I even knew of a 50. Like I was, I was running Nas and running Fat Joe and definitely running the locks and kiss and all of that shit. So I felt like nah I can't really do that because I was staying true to myself and Mm -hmm. if I was a weird um, just a weak bitch ass nigga then I would have just been like oh fuck the niggas I grew up listening Mm -hmm. to like I don't have any ties to them but I really felt indebted to uh, Nas and and Joe even Joe from all the way back to Digging in the Crates like I'm a real hip hop mm-hmm. nigga yeah, so yeah. it was just Joe and Pun and all that shit was really the soundtrack to my to my my, my teenagehood and so I couldn't just turn my back on
2: the music that inspired me so mm-hmm. that was where the conflict started right yeah. speaking of inspiration obviously talk about Drillmatic play playoff yeah. of Illmatic I read that you know you had that title for Little Dirk and you yeah, took it yeah. back right
1: yeah well he he didn't use it you yeah. know what I'm <laughs> saying I felt like yeah I, I talked to Dirk mm-hmm. about it he was like, yo, that's fire. I might fuck with that. But uh, like two years passed and he ain't do nothing <laughs> with it. So I'm like, yo, I'm going to just snatch that back real quick because I really like that title. And plus the, you know, the New York drill, the Chicago drill, yeah. the London drill, I felt like it was a drill time. And I also wanted to make sure that anybody that was doing drill music or in the drill music knows that Illmatic existed. Mm-hmm. And like, so I wanted to sort of mesh old school and new school and uh, sort of put them together. So that's why when you listen to album, you know, you got your drill joints, you yeah. got your hip hop joints, yeah. um, you got up-tempo, t- up you got some slow joints, you got Chicks for the Girls, you got some East Coast of shit. Chicago, I got G. Herb yeah. on the album. And I, that's all I've ever tried to do in hip hop is just bring it all together for everybody so that when I drop an album, you know, like you get everything. Like if you get, let's just, and not to down nobody, mm-hmm. but, you know, if you get a certain album from the South, you get the South. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And you just got to appreciate it in, in that aspect. And that's cool, too. But for me, I like to cover all bases. Like I like to yeah. cover New York. I got Cam on the album. Right. I got Five Fivey on the album. So if you're from New York and you fuck with them and you fuck with me and you fuck with New York, I mean, that song's for you. If you're from the Shy and you fuck with me and you love G Herbo and you like Wayne and you got, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying, Chrome Slug. So it's just like I've always trying to, try to do that. So that's why when you look at my albums and you see multiple features, number one, I'm a fan of mm-hmm. many artists I've always been that I came into it. I only start rapping like when I was like 20 years old. So mm-hmm. I, you know, I hadn't been rapping my whole life. Never wanted to be a rapper. I, I was hooping and gangbanging. But um. so I've always been a fan of mm-hmm. niggas, you know, yeah. of, of rap niggas. So when I do my albums and I hear a beat, I'd be like, yo, so-and-so will sound good on this. And I reach out. And of course, I'm me. So like niggas get down with me. And and every time they, you know, step it up. Um, 2 chains came in here. And we did uh, you know, No Man Falls, and he was just like, ah, every and and niggas do this a lot when they get in on he like, (laughs) I gotta rap tonight.
2: Mm. I gotta really rap tonight.
1: (laughs) And so when he laid his verses, I let him go first. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes most times I write mine first because I know like I'm lyrical. I know Mm. where I'm gonna go with it. But Chains got off first and he just was so proud of like his bars and we was mm. seeing that motherfucker going crazy because i was i was telling my niggas like yo chains could really if he, yeah. if he pushed to the limit he can really go there and he did on the album so yeah man i'll just be a fan so a lot of features a lot of you know name drops always going to be the name <laughs> drops out uh, one yeah. thing that i forgot to do <laughs> on the album mm. when i put out the track listing i was going to literally count the name drops
2: myself and go. put a disclaimer <laughs>
1: under like, just so you know, there are 377 yeah, yeah. name drops on this album. I always
2: wanted to know, like, how do you feel about that? You know, that's often been a criticism throughout your career, that game name drops too much. I think that if you listen to
1: hip-hop, mm-hmm. everybody in every album that everybody name drops now and before I came niggas wasn't doing it at the you know in like in the space that mm. they are now but everyone name drops mm. it's it's wordplay it's lyricism it's metaphors and everybody has adapted to it I'm the one that um you know gets all the flack for it but mm-hmm. I, I love it. Mm. Like I, I be, I be saying niggas' names. <laughs> like yeah. I want you to know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying. Like if, it's, if the car black as Akon, my yeah. nigga, it's black as Akon. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So, right. it also is what it well,
2: is. also with the title, this is like a subtitle: Heart versus Mind. Can you explain the meaning behind that? All right. So, again, this is this is the beautiful part about the album
1: that um, I'm glad that I'm here explaining uh, to you two. Um, it goes hand in hand with drill matic right because nas has always been um very very lyrical lyrically poetic and unapologetically black and Mm -hmm. militant and five percenter and all of that all of the good things that we loved about hip-hop the public enemy aspect of it right the q-tip aspect of it all of that the, the roots um and you know on the other side you have you know the drill mm. and so the drill is straight street straight you know you know what it is man yeah. it's, motherfucking <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's draco's and mayhem you know what i'm saying so um heart versus mind is simply this is i got three children mm. i love them to death love them to death and so when i'm with my kids man i'm like You know, I'm holding my daughter's hand and I got on, you know, my my shorts and my white tee and I'm just out having a good day. And Mm -hmm. I ain't got no gun on me. I ain't got no nothing on me. I'm just enjoying my day with my daughter and I'm I'm peaceful and I'm at peace. At the same time, I live in a city that is, uh, you know, took took the air out of Biggie's lungs Mm. and killed Nipsey and killed Pop Smoke. And even though Pac died in Vegas, that was some L.A. shit. So I'm very aware of where I'm from what niggas do here when they're agitated and they're angry and um it's wolves out here so that is that is my mind mm. my mind like i know i'm very very aware of what goes down in la so i just can't not be ready for war gotcha. you know what i'm saying and i don't want to be i don't I don't want to have no i don't want to have no beef for nobody mm-hmm. and i don't want to be having to you know cock my gun in the light because it's 2 a.m. and I'm coming home from the club and I don't trust niggas Mm. based off of the history of violence in this city. And at the same time, that might be a Saturday night. And the next morning, I might get up and go to church with my mama, but do it make me any less gangster or any less of a good father? Because Mm -hmm. my heart is at war with my mind. I feel like that is everybody, especially with everything going on disease-wise. And I seen, you know, the fiery crash, you know, in in, in Mid-City the other day. And everything going on with these mass shootings and all that, it's like we are all... Every human on this earth that has a heart and has a mind is at war every day with how they feel about certain Mm -hmm. things. We got people that, you know, don't want to take vaccines. We got people that want to take vaccines. We got women who are pro-abortion and women who, you know, are Mm -hmm. on the other side of that. It's just so much war going on internally with every single human that it only felt right that i make my album heart versus mine because i don't want to get caught up in that i don't want to be you know stigmatized with the oh he always changing his mind or Mm -hmm. i just want to be human Mm -hmm. like if i put on this outfit and i look in the mirror and it don't look right and i go back and put on a different outfit like am i allowed to be human Mm. you know what i'm saying i don't want people to be to anybody watching this to feel like they have to be a certain way and and it's just not okay to change your mind. You know what I'm saying? And I want people to follow their heart and not get, not let the waves in their brain confuse the signals that are coming from God. So I just want everybody to be at their best and be at peace. But if you got to go to war to save your life or the
0: livelihood of your family, you must do that. Mm. Right. It makes me think of universal love the way you close the album, you know,
1: everything is calculated man and that's why i wanted that to be at the end of the album because even after all everything that happened and everything that transpired in this uh you know within the confines of you know the structure of the album i wanted to end it with love i just wanted to end it with love and so you know i brought in Janet and and Cassie did so dope doing the intro um and Chloe Bailey and you know Breezy going to mm-hmm. do his thing man but i i again i love uh swv growing up you know what i'm saying and and the same thing with the with janet and q-tip and that whole uh joni mitchell vibe so i I just felt like that was just a dope song to uh, end the album with and i I really love that song i love to shoot a video to that
2: there's still some hate though man like on twister you talk about you still don't fuck with your brother but you made up with your sister yeah why is that um
1: it's just family 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 shit shit. yeah it's just family shit it's Mm. uh you know
2: uh it's
1: we are indifferent about a lot of things, and I don't know if it, you know, will ever be mended. But at mm. the same time, I got brothers that are not blood that are my brothers too. And sometimes, you, you know, in life, and it's tragic when it has to be a Cain and Abel type of situation. But um, at, at this point, that's pretty much what that is. So that's I just, big
2: face you're talking about, right? Referring to yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So I
1: just leave it there, and oh. and, and it's it's and. I still wish him and his family peace and all that because, like I said, it's mm-hmm. a it's a heart versus mind thing with me. And and currently sitting in, in this chair right now, I don't wish harm or any type of weird negative vibes on anybody on like in, yeah. into anybody's lives mm-hmm. on earth because I'm at peace. OK. You know what I'm saying? And me saying that I still don't fuck with him is the truth. Yeah. It's not a lie. I don't. Yeah. yeah. So, but it doesn't mean that, you know, I don't have an ample amount of love in my heart for him and, and, and you know, his family and all that. I just wish some peace, but I'm going to do it from like over here.
0: Yeah. Gotcha. How disappointed are you that this Nipsey Hustle collab didn't make the album? Like what, what happened there? Um,
1: I think. Uh, I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. Like I don't clear the samples. And like I said, we had a lot of sample, uh, sample trouble. I just know, um, if Nip was here, there's no way that he wouldn't be on a game album. Um, and I don't know what happens with who owns whatever. And I don't I don't even want to get into that. Somebody didn't clear it. And, and but that's cool though. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not even mad at it. I understand because, like I said, everyone's got to do what they got to do for the betterment of you know their situation. But the album's incredible still. Um, Nip's birthday. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Love yeah, him to, to death. went the Walk of yeah. today. Love yeah. him. Love him to death. Always gonna love him. Uh, from the first time that I met him, when the world didn't know who he was, and I did.
2: You say you swear um, for God,
1: yo. I swear, man. He said, yeah, I, I I literally pulled up on Nip, man and then brought him to the studio and took you know him on tour and showed him you know the ropes of the, the you know the beginning stages of uh, hip hop and I again I hate that he's not here and that he died in this city and so yeah my heart versus my mind still because I made it to 42 and um,
2: that shit is not easy here. Yeah, there was a, a line you said on live land like how you wish both of you guys died. Like, do you feel like you died? when that i feel like a part of me did because he
1: was the opposite rag version of what i was even though i'm you know uh however many years older like Mm. nip came and he serviced uh that little small gap that snoop left open for the next you know uh in la that was gonna come to prominence on the hip-hop scene
0: yeah what was that like for you to be that that guy that broke the west Coast to be that west coast superstar like at that time when documentary Um, takes off
1: it was it was overwhelming Mm -hmm. it was eye-opening because i had a i had a i had a way that i thought rap and hip-hop was and the industry was and i was like (laughs) a little bit heartbroken when i came in and i saw like that it wasn't as real as i thought it was i think my first i think my first uh my first instance where I felt like I was in a video game was when I went to the BET awards. And when I went to the bathroom and came back, it was models in my seat to fill Mm. my seat for the camera. I was like, Oh, this shit is like, okay. (laughs) This shit is a circus. (laughs) All right. Um, and then, you know, other instances, but man, for the most part, like I really just came in trying to tell my story. I didn't know. I never thought that I was going to be as big as I was, I I I set a. I had goals. My goal was to get me an apartment that was a little bit far from Compton, so I could have some peace, because um, I hadn't known that up until that point. Um, and to get an Escalade, I want to escalate so bad. Mm. Yeah. And I just wanted. To, I wanted to put that motherfucker on some twenty twos. And I wanted. To, <laughs> I, wanted the, I wanted the tires to go flat, and I wanted some internet so I could like play Madden. That's all. Mm. Those are my. He own, likes is Madden. He yo, likes is Madden. Those are my goals. Yeah. Like literally, my whole hip hop goals, bro. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be no legend. I wasn't trying to carry the West Coast. I was literally just trying to be, like, comfortable in life and have an Escalade so I could just dip through all black chrome rims and just, Mm. that would have did it for me, man. I could have stopped there and been cool. Were you
0: ever fully even processing? Like, you're making this album with Dre, like, the the final, like, mixing and all that type of stuff. Are you thinking, like, this album's going to change the world when you're at that stage of it?
1: I knew the album was dope. And I was too, uh, it was too premature for me uh, in my rap career because I didn't know much about like, I still didn't know much about like the format the song format when I when I yeah. signed a Dr. Dre I didn't know that you had to stop at 16 bars for that to be a <laughs> mm, regular formatted yeah. verse and I thought a hook was like some shit you throw at a fish or like a, <laughs> a, at a nigga when you boxing
0: now I'm, I know I sound like idiotic but I'm dead yeah. No, they and used so, if to, used you think up in the yo,
1: so look, if you ever heard my mixtapes before I was signed to Aftermath, yep. I would just rap for so long. Yeah. That's why I'm known for 100 bars because nigga, I did not know when to stop.
2: Mm.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> And so my the beast hooks still, with, like the no, still going So I'm freestyling and and niggas on the East Coast thinking that this is a freestyle, but for real, my hook in there somewhere. Mm, but I yeah. didn't know you are supposed to bring it back yeah. three times. <laughs> like yeah. I just didn't know a song format, man. And and when I actually learned, I looked back and I kinda appreciated all my freestyles, but I felt like
2: a I felt like an asshole for not yeah. knowing. Song format, you know, but that was just how much of a project, baby, I was. Would you talk about your legacy? I saw you tweeted one time. You said uh, you don't know how many favorite West Coast artists you had a hand in putting on. You didn't ask for no finder's fee and things like that. Who are some of those artists that you feel like you don't get enough credit for?
1: Um... It's not it's not so much about like I found you or mm. I did it, but like I definitely was there for, you know, Top Dog and Kendrick and mm. and and uh, and J Rock and them all that whole movement. Um I used to be in like I was, you know, the documentary is out. I used to be in uh at Top Dog's house uh with my homie Tommy Tom in uh you know in Top Dog studio, just you know, fly on the wall and giving mm. an input. Top dog could tell you all this shit. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, Nip, I pulled up on Nip, you know, uh yeah. numerous times on uh, Crenshaw before he was rapping and then actually um, when he started rapping when he actually had a CD before that it was just pulling up and seeing him out there selling and hustling doing whatever he had to do Um, but yeah man you know uh, Glasses Malone Mm. early stages of Glasses and um, like a lot, man. Like I, Simba been rising lately. Simba. I've been yeah, having Simba. I've been having Simba in here
0: and he brought, brought been, him to that show. I still do he been
1: doing his shit. I had him in my show. I let him get that freestyle off off. But and it's not so much of me like Letting or saying I did this—it's just so much that I've always been an open book. You know Ty Dolla Sign when he yeah. was doing you know the uh the whole jerk thing and all mm-hmm. of that before. You know it was popping, and popping. And I was in the studio with Ty and just always been an open. My door always been open for anything on the West Coast to just come through and soak some game up or just catch a vibe. I always been that guy, man. and I've always really, really, really looked out uh, for people, and I don't need I don't need nothing for it, like. They Niggas, everybody know what, what it is
2: with me. It seems like you're a little bit reluctant to embrace this like legend status because like on Talk To Me Nice, you say how you Grammy-nominated, four million records sold, but that's not what a legend is. Yeah. So and I, I assume you're talking about yourself. So what is a legend? Do you know consider yourself a legend? Uh,
1: I can, well... I do, I do consider myself a legend, but not for the reasons that most people might consider themselves a legend. Number one, before I was ever a rapper, like I was already a legend in, in my hood for the various things that I did around there. Um, And then just my heart, like I got a legendary heart mm. just just mm. for helping people and, and putting people on. Everybody around me has enough room to flourish and make something out of that existence. And um, that that is legendary, to be a father, to have a kid in college mm. right now mm. that's, go, that's yeah. leaving in two weeks to go back to college awesome. and him making it out his first year. That is legendary. There's so many young African-American men. And when I say young, I mean under the age of 50, right? Because if, uh, you know, we live into 100 at, at, you know, 100 years old at having a good life, then 50 would be the middle. So that's still fairly young. An 80-year-old man ain't going to look at a 50-year-old man and call him an old man. Right. So um, just to be on earth still to be standing to be you know all my limbs to be working and and just be able to wake up every day breathe appreciate and still do legendary shit on every level and in every aspect of my life is legendary to me Mm. it ain't so much about the music okay um being legendary in music is uh critiqued by fans and and the powers that be Mm. and uh you know i feel like i've I feel like I've really sustained a very illustrious hip hop career over the last 20 years. This is 10 albums and I don't put out, I don't put out trash. I put out complete bodies of work and I give my fans what they deserve every single time, give or take a few little down moments. But Mm -hmm. I I put out classics and to be putting out another classic with this album, this dramatic shit is a classic. And putting out a
2: classic 20 years later after putting out a classic is fucking outstanding. And that's some legendary shit. You're working with another legend, Hit Boy, who's executive produced on Dramatic. Did you want to use other producers instead of relying just on Hit Boy? Man, Hit Boy, when you do,
1: when Hit Boy do an album, ain't nobody producing on the album except Hit Boy. Right. So <laughs> All so his thoughts, right? That's just nice. know that. Yeah, just man. know that. Yeah. But Hit Boy, we had a comp, Hit Boy got a good rapport with, you know, my other my other producers, you know, uh Big Dude and uh Chill Chiller. Um and this uh Davon and and so we 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 keep a a family atmosphere. You know what I'm saying? And so Hit was just all the way down with you know, ex- executive producing the album and allowing, you know what I'm saying, and being down with other producers doing their thing. Mm. There was never a point where he was like, "Ah, I can't do this." We had a conversation about it. He like, "Yo, you know I usually don't even, you know." Yeah produce albums that have other producers He's on it. them. It. Um yeah, and as rightfully so. Right. It's Hitboy. But yeah. um with me, I think again uh, I fuck with him at the early stages of his career too, and we did work way back in the day. So it's it's that love, you know what I'm saying? And I, back, yeah. Me and Hitboy the city. Me and Hit Boy pops, we we you know we down. Um, mm. so love the big hit, and um yeah, man, yeah. like it's just always a a good family vibe with me. So yeah, Hit Boy came in and we did our thing, but he overseen everything that I did, and um if it wasn't up. To par, or he didn't like the song. He said it, and we snatched it because at the end of the day, it was a Hit Boy album.
2: Mm, wow, that's
0: dope. He produced six officially, but you saying his hands was on everything. We,
1: me and Hit Boy did about I don't know thirty songs, but you know for uh, the format and and the. Um, basically, you know, what I was doing with the album, Dramatic and Heart versus Mind, like, and in the sample clearances, like, we put on the album the 30 best songs that we thought would fit, um, and they jailed together, and I, I feel confident that we did a, an
0: amazing job. You mad that Drake with the braids didn't make the nah, album? Nah, nah, but Drake, Drake came through with 16 bars of excuses. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah.
1: That hey, look, that was a good voice. <laughs> was that joke? a real voice memo? That was a real voice memo, wow. yeah. That was yeah. a good boy, like, yeah, yeah, That, but see, one thing about Drake, man, is like, that's that's my dog, man. He, he, um, if you haven't ever met him, man, that's he, one of the most humble, coolest yeah. billionaires that don't even want to be known as a billionaire that you mm-hmm. ever gonna meet. I got nothing but love for Drake. Every time we see each other, it feels brotherly. Him, Chubbs, 40, the whole you know, Nico, all those guys, man, those are all my guys, and I'm definitely riding for Drizzy. Cause yeah, 100, 100, 100, 100, is, 100 yeah. is one of
0: my favorite uh, yeah. Drake features. That's a great like, yeah. you got the video in Compton. like yeah, yeah. I I nah. like he was. Drizzy, he got some things off his chest he and came, that right? yeah, He came to Cedar great. Block, man.
1: Yeah, man, Drake came to hang out for a day.
2: <laughs> I read an IG post too that you for this album, when you pulled over on La Brea to write rhymes. You say you haven't done that Universal since? Universal
1: Love, man. Now I haven't was did the that since like, the documentary or something. Oh. Uh, yeah. Uh, I wrote I Don't Need Your Love in the car like that. Um, in Beverly Hills in the Wilshire Corridor. And I told myself when I wrote it, I was like, man, I'm going to get one of these condos after my album drop. And I ended up doing that. Um, But yeah, I pulled over on the bread one day because I was just like, I just got to stop and write this now. So if I go all the way home, I'm probably going to not be in the mood, you know? Mm. Um, So I stopped and, you know, people came by and he was honking and, you know, <laughs> but yeah, I got it done. And I literally, because I, I had been struggling with writing the verses for that for like a week because i couldn't figure out how i wanted to approach it because i didn't want to leave anything out um i wanted to make sure that i had all of the uh current events in there the mm. uvalde thing and then the buffalo 10 and all of that and i like i needed to pull over and get that off and by the time i, I was there for like two or three hours and after i left i had the song done and came straight here and did it mm.
2: that's one thing i noticed about the album like it seems very relevant like Heart versus Mind, for so instance, that's my favorite one of the projects. Oh, project. yeah, I ran that up right on it the It sounds like events. you recorded it yesterday <laughs> because you have, like, Beyonce references yeah. and, like, a little controversial kind of... Yeah, well, I told, uh, I had a conversation with
1: Mustard about uh, being a part of the album because I like, this West Coast. I like to, you know, bring in as many uh, West Coast powerhouses as I can. So uh, Mustard was like, yo, hit me in the fourth quarter and I'm going to just give you one beat. Mm-hmm and I was, he was like I wanted it to be the title track and I was like all right. and he and so I explained the concept to him and uh, I told him what it was and he held, he held that beat for me mm. and he gave it to me and I came in on the last day that I could record on um, the last yeah. day that Jason Joshua was going to mix anything and uh so that's why everything in there is just so so current yeah and uh and it was dope because the album was coming out the next you know next Friday <laughs> and uh, I got to uh service um Britney Griner in there the way that I mm, wanted yeah, to yeah, yeah. um and I got to get everything that was you know on my mind that night in real time out in the next week so right.
2: that was dope I know I want to know what's on your mind with you and Eminem man the black slim shady what's yeah. the reason for going at Eminem
1: um just because nobody does <laughs> <laughs> number one, uh, number two, I, I, I pissed off a lot of people with that song. Uh, you know, M got a lot of stands, but uh, as far as like it being personal, mm. like it's not personal. Like you know, I I like I came up on M too. Like I remember the first time that uh you know uh, hi my name is you know yeah. came out. I was like wowed by it. I felt the same feeling when I heard that that I felt when I heard Juicy from Big the first time. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like when Juicy came out, I was in the 10th grade and I was walking out to lunch and they would play um, music in the quad area and that shit came on and niggas didn't know who or what the fuck that was, but we never heard a sound like that Mm -hmm. in my life. And so when I heard, hi, my name is Slim Shady, um, I felt the same way. So yeah, I, I, you know, I always fucked with him, and then you know the whole aftermath and the shady thing, and he was on the documentary. Um, I think uh, me and 50's fallout kind of made him choose a side, mm-hmm. and he wasn't doing that shit that I did. He like, yeah, yeah. I'm going with Fifty. Fuck you niggas. But um, <laughs> yeah, but but I just felt like, you know, I had some emotions, you know, a little bit about like the Super Bowl shit and mm, yeah. all of that, and then you know that's like Dre's boy. And Dre don't rap. So it's like, you Mm -hmm. know, if I wanna, you know, have a conversation with Dre or I'm mad at Dre, like, let me poke shots at Eminem. And then 50 can't out rap me. So it's just like, you know, he doing his TV thing and, you know, more power to him. The shows are great. But as far as like rap shit, like I got that Mm -hmm. locked. And so the only person that I could rap with or try to poke the bear and see if like he really want to, yeah. mm. you know, go there is him, cause it's him.
2: So you understand why people might call you out on your hypocrisy, cause they put out you put out a list like a lot last year about your favorite rappers or your right. top rappers, and Eminem was like at number four. So people are just kind of like questioning. Yeah,
1: that that's cool. But as and and I mean, you laughing, but yeah. we had already covered this when I said my heart be at war with my mind. And yeah. so is yours. And I'm pretty mm. sure there is, you know, uh, an MC out that you might have thought was number one at one time. Mm. That is not your favorite anymore. It's just is that's what fair. it is. And then another thing is that, like, again, it's the it's the Floyd Mayweather and, you know, Muhammad yeah. Ali thing. It's like if he's number four. And I feel like I'm number one for me. Why wouldn't I just take a shot or challenge yeah. everybody mm. in the top 10? Why Why not? Yeah. When you are on a boxing level, and I love boxing and mm-hmm. I love the competitive nature of it, and I also love the rankings and how you rise up. If you met Floyd Mayweather when you were, you know, coming up in the Olympics mm-hmm. and then you ended up, you know, being undefeated and now you have a chance to fight him, you're going to turn down the fight because you're a fan.
2: Right. Yeah.
1: Are you, gonna not, are you not training to be better than Floyd Mayweather? Yeah. If, if he is undefeated, 50 and 0, I mean, what, what yeah. are we doing? It wasn't, it's, with, with him, you know, uh, specifically, it wasn't a personal thing. It's just that, like, you know, I did it with Hov when I was younger. Mm. Just sometimes you shoot shots. But hip-hop got to be interesting. These niggas these days are so <laughs> goddamn boring. Or every time somebody want to beef, <laughs> or every time somebody want to be somebody got to die yeah. or some shit. Like, I don't get that. Like, what happened to just, like, you know, MC Shan and, like, KRS? Being competitive. Them yeah. niggas are still alive, both of them. Mm. Yep. And it was just like, you know, the bridge is over these days. It might get niggas shot the fuck up. Mm. You know what I'm saying? But yeah. it don't always got to be like that. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, is just hip-hop and you can leave it at that. It's like if I seen yeah. M, I'm not fighting Eminem. Like, mm. it, you know?
0: So it just... Mm. Because even the last time you had a song called The Light, I feel like you was challenging people, like, step up to take the light. Like, I think Gim wants an opponent. You want somebody. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: always want an opponent. Ball I always want an opponent. And right now, like, you know, lyrically, um, outside of, like, um, I don't know, maybe, like, M or... Kendrick or Cole or, you know, one of these super lyrical niggas, like I don't think nobody like lyrically could really go with me. You know what I'm saying? And then outside of the lyrics, like I'm really with the shit too. So it's like, <laughs> you know, it's just I don't
0: you just know. You said you wasn't with the shit,
1: game But is he not here? But uh, um, but yeah, nah, my favorite my favorite MC as far as lyrically, yeah. like lyrical ability goes, like Right now and been that way and a nigga you really don't want to really piss off or go there with mm. is Wayne,
2: yeah yeah Wayne is
1: at Wayne is Wayne different and yeah, that's he, my brother.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say he. There was a great moment when you brought him out in your show in L.A. That yeah, and, and he just went and, like he he took the shirt off. He went in the full concert mode. Mm. Like it was insane. He to only watch.
1: gonna do that if he feel you know, if he, if he love you, man. And that's, and yay too. You know what I'm saying? Those are my dudes, man. And I, I, I'm really indebted to both of them because Wayne never told me no for nothing and neither is Jay.
0: Mm, Yeah. I want to go back to doctor's advocate and like people don't realize like if you look at your career, obviously your longevity celebrated now, but you know, you faced to me adversity. Only thing I think probably similar would be when Ice Cube left in WA, right? Where it's like, You're not longer down with the unit no more. You're beefing with 50. They take you off Aftermath, and you got to go figure it out, right? Doctor's Advocate. Like, talk about putting that process together. And, like, I remember the culture at the time, there was a lot of doubting of you that you could do this. Yeah.
1: uh, Anybody that doubted me after the documentary was a fool because (laughs) I really did that album by myself for the most part. I think the last uh fourth quarter I went to Connecticut and uh Mike Tyson's old house that Fifty had mm-hmm. and and then we did the few songs that um me and Fifty did. But I had already had uh How We Do um written and recorded. I had uh Hate It or Love It written and recorded from I got that, you know, beat from uh Cool and Dre. I had that written on the way on I remember writing that in the sprinter in the snow going to Connecticut. Um, and 50 is like a hook genius. He a melody genius. So when I got there with the beats, um, like he just put his melodic tone and his verses on the songs and he did his thing. Cause we were unstoppable once we dropped them songs. Like that shit was just the perfect icing on a fucking, on a hip hop cake. And so I'm, I'm ever, I'm forever indebted to him for that moment that we created, um he an asshole he do, he do a lot of bullshit and and but so do i and so that's why it was like that's why it's always going to be a game of yeah. 50
0: mm. thing and I was just, I was at that press conference that shit was just that oh, yeah. awkward you it to do a press fuck, conference
1: but you mm. know what <laughs> 50 50 was he was genuine on that day and mm. i was still an asshole
0: mm. and oh, wow so, so you think but, he was he was more genuine than no nah, he was
1: way more genuine way more mature than me he a little bit older than me too and but the but see one thing about 50 50 always understood the uh the business aspect Mm. from the beginning. I came in not really giving a fuck about nothing. Like I didn't care about, I just didn't give a fuck about paperwork and business and what this, uh, if I did this, it was going to fuck up this deal. 50 was doing even like from vitamin water, like the early days, uh, the G unit clothing, like this nigga was on it business wise from the beginning. So he knew what that press conference was going to do. He knew, he knew that it would fuck up if we didn't get it right, that it would fuck up money. Mm. And, uh, I didn't care. And Absolutely. so you can see the look on my face. And if you really look at 50, you can tell that he was genuine and I commend him for that on that day too. Um but from then to now, like, you know, 50 50, 50 no, man. He he an asshole, man. Yeah. He do a lot of
0: asshole shit. No, but with Doctor's Advocate, you're not getting no Dre beats though. Like the some of what you built, like what's the hey, what's, man How look, did you approach making that album?
1: Uh before I knew Dre, I didn't have a Dre beat the reason that Dre signed me was because I was dope without a Dre beat. Mm. And so, uh, not taking away from his mastermindness or anything that he he's ever done for me because Dre is nigga Dr. Dre. Like Dre put the stamp on you, you know what it is. Um, he did it for Kendrick, he did it for Pac, he did it for Snoop, he did it for M, he did it for 50. Nigga Dr. Dre is always going to be Dr. Dre and for me he's like um, what what Quincy Jones was to soul music. Like it's, it's Dre. So hmm. you got these guys like you got Quincy Jones, you got the Lionel Richies, you got the Dr. Dre's, you got the Pharrell's, the Timberlons, the Swizz Beats and now you, you know the Hit Boys and there's a lot of... You you know a slew of producers. I'm leaving out, but mm-hmm. you you get what I'm saying when I when I when I say that like Dre is Dr. Dre, it'll never be another Dr. Dre, and, and you you would want to have him um, as a part of anything that you're doing versus not having him. So mm-hmm. it wasn't my choice; it was just my attitude's choice and how um, the label Interscope and Jimmy Iovine, Doug Mar- Doug Morris, and and Universal had to ride with the the nigga who was bringing the the you know. Yeah, moving the yeah. real units, um, and documentary sold well, but get Richard or Die trying was, you know, some other shit. Um, right. and not, and nobody did that until, I mean, nobody had did that since Eminem over there. So yeah, they had to ride with 50. So I went to New York by myself and I was in Sony. Ice Cube
0: style. That's what Ice Cube did. When's I was it? in
1: Sony studios and I recorded my most West coast album in Sony studios at the bottom and had Nas come through and Busta. And we got in Jamie Foxx and we got that song. Mm-hmm. I mean, we got that album done and, uh, it was just cause I was so on it to prove that I need these niggas
0: Hmm.
1: because I really didn't. And even though, and I hate to sound like that, but I never just needed anybody outside of like my father in life. Like I don't need niggas. I will adapt. It's mm. dope to have niggas, and it's dope to like do it in a group. Be a, you know, have a group effort and and be and have iconic heads around to make it better. But if I don't got nobody, nigga, I'm still gonna get it done. Like mm. I, I'm a man at the end of the day, and I'm gonna get it
0: done. You felt that with One Blood, like the, the...
1: I was mad as a motherfucker when I did One Blood, man. Mm. And um, I remember this uh, the beat got brought to me, and it was on a beat CD with like um, thirty beats on it, and One Blood was the last beat. And I don't even know why I listened all the way through because usually I'd be like, I skip, you mm. know, and I'd be like, all right, yeah, cool. I just might have to just pick, few to because I don't want to hurt a nigga feelings. <laughs> but uh, my dog, Reef, came um, with with One Blood and I, I recorded that motherfucker in, like four minutes. Mm. Four. Like literally went in there and damn, damn, there freestyled in verses.
0: And then One Blood Remake, she pulled it off with all those artists, like 24 Because artists. that's what I do. <laughs>
1: You know what I'm saying? It's always a hip-hop thing. Because once I got a few niggas on, I'm just like, nah, he, let's, get him. Get, let's get this nigga. Yo, bro, I just got everybody on it, and that song was so big. I mean, I used to walk in the club with Jones um, in New York. We go Brooklyn, Harlem. We go Bronx. We go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Joe took me out to club in the Bronx one time, and we just, that shit was going up, man. Like, One Blood was like, that really gave me my New York just... Experienced. I'll mm. never forget those times,
2: man. That's why I love New York the way I do. Staying in New York, man, on Save the Best for Last, on this new album, we talk about... You wanted to run up on Fabulous? Um, It wasn't that
1: I wanted to. It was just that, like, I was a hood nigga from L.A. And out here, nigga, we... Like, niggas rob niggas. So, um, I had, no, I had saw hey, explain Fab. That story, yeah. I had saw Fab outside of this hotel, the Larmontage, um, and he was just standing there, and me and my nigga was like, we used to just wait outside of hotels and see who we could, you know, rob. Are you game at this point? Like, are you, uh-huh. are you a rapper? Or are you like... I'm, like, just starting to rap, but okay. I ain't nothing worthy. You know what I'm saying? you not signed or anything like that? No, nah, I'm not signed okay. like that. And so, um, and, you know, we wasn't trying to, like, you know, hurt nobody. nigga, just running niggas for jewels. And, and I'm not saying that, like, Fab ain't no punk or nothing mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. But um, he was just, he was standing out there. And, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, my nigga was just like, yo, that's Fab right there. And because I'm like, I, and I'm going to tell you what happened. Mm-hmm. Because it was Fab and I had listened to... Motherfucking Superman, Lil Mo Superman mm. and the da 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 da. I couldn't no. Niggas be laughing, but I'm tell when I tell these stories, it's it's yeah, literally like Slum Dog Millionaire. You ever seen that movie? <laughs> yeah, There's moments in my life that like just are really just dominant as far as like remembrance that like keep me from doing fuck shit sometimes. So I was like, nah, nigga. I set up in my fucking trap spot and watch this nigga get this shit off on his mo song, on his little mo song in mm-hmm. this video on One Hundred Six and Park. And that's somewhere I strive to be. So I just I can't I can't fuck with that. Have you had
2: that conversation?
1: No. Okay. And so um what happened was once. I actually met Fab through my nigga uh, T. Mills, um, Tracy Mills. Mm. And, uh, you know, because them niggas used to wear the jerseys and shit all the time. And (laughs) so um, once I met Fab, I'm like, nigga, this shit crazy. Like, he don't even know. Like, I had had to drop. And... and (laughs) And anybody could have had a drop on anybody. Right. I, there's a nigga, he was in L.A. I'd be in I'm New York. If niggas feel like they got a drop, I'm out of my envelope. Niggas could, you know, had a drop. But I. But after that, me and Fab became friends. We did the Compton versus Brooklyn mixtape with mm. Clue. And then I went to uh, New York, and Fab was the first nigga I ever seen in a Bentley coupe, ever, mm. ever. Nigga was in Brooklyn in a Bentley coupe. We went up to uh, uh, the roof, and we were just chilling. I think he was might have been shooting, like, the... I can't remember what video you're shooting, mm. some, but I just felt like, damn, this nigga really getting money. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and in my back, in the back of my mind, I was always like, damn, I'm so glad that it, you know I made the decision that I made because I was really a you know a fan. So yeah, man.
2: That's funny because Ross is on that same record, uh, say the best for last. So you say you kind of would have got at Ross too at one point. No, right? no,
1: no, no. I said that after I said the fab shit. Yeah, I was like, we became friends, and so I said I brought some shells and some chalk too for opening up doors it cost a Maybach just to walk through, meaning that mm. I got my niggas back now. Gotcha. You know mm. what I'm saying? Okay. So yeah.
2: Well, I do want to know what happened at Dre's crib on Labor Day weekend though. Uh what? I remember on Russ's project on Chomp Two, you said Ask Dre what I happened at his crib on Labor Day weekend. Oh yeah, yeah,
1: man, we gonna we gonna say that one, man. Day, you said man. That I haven't met Dre, so I said, uh... yeah, nah, we going we gonna say that one, man. I'll
0: be will be an open book, except you know, like <laughs> I
1: stuffed game, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, nah,
0: man. Next, well, next. Go, go, going back to Fab, he's one of these these rappers' game that mad at me to this day because I didn't get him a double XL cover. I yeah. gave you about four covers, man. I wanted to see if you have any memories. I know every one of these one. joints, man. Props. This is I got props. No yeah. more style,
1: this one baby. This right here. We. This was shot in L.A. Yes. You Let's know see what the co- yeah, cover. Let's show the cover We shot this in L.A. This is a proud moment. I remember how how uh, how how much sweat this bandana was catching. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? Because it was it was hot as hell in this jacket. It was a hot, it was like a sunny day too, but a nigga had on a whole coat. And uh, yeah, I
0: remember this day, man.
1: And uh, yeah, this was dope for me, man.
0: Real dope. I'm gonna tell you my version of it. I had a Ludacris. I was trying to do a Ludacris Chingy cover. Yeah. And because I had beef for Ludacris for some reason, so they agreed to do that. But then they said they insisted after we had the meeting to say they had to add Shauna to it. So I told them F them, and then I didn't have no cover. And then I'm looking at all hip hop, and they're like saying uh, Eve and Busta Rhymes signing the aftermath. I'm like, fuck. So I make the call. I call him, Dre says yes, but he's like, you got to put my nigga the game on the cover. Oh, that's hard. That's it. Wow. So I was like, and then um. You was G Unit, so Dre wore the G Unit shirt to please Fifty at the time. That's why Dre's wearing a, a G Unit T shirt on the cover.
1: Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Nah, that's that's. some and then that's some real Doctor Dre I shit, I you man. With Snoop.
0: I don't think I got permission. I just went for it. <coughs> yeah, nah, <laughs> that wasn't so, together, right? Huh?
2: Your guys weren't together for that. Mm-hmm. I don't think he yeah, was. shot separately. Yeah, I think they shot
1: Snoop.
0: I think they shot Snoop and then shot me, and but we both knew. I probably had Snoop, but I love Snoop, but but. I wouldn't know if it was hot enough at the time, and you we was taking off. So I was like, "Yeah, West oh, yeah. Nah, so, this, But we this got both is, sides.
1: Nah, this is one of uh, this is a moment where I really felt like I was really doing something because mm. I got to stand next to next to Dog and uh, Snoop is. Is number one in my book, and you know it, it's not even like you know who like who your favorite rapper or who your favorite lyricist is or who your favorite nah Snoop is just my favorite human in hip hop. Mm. It's the realest nigga that I ever met in hip hop in rap, and damn near in life, that nigga stayed 10 toes down on everything and stand, everything. stand he stands on everything, man, and he don't never change for nobody. He don't get in the middle. Mm. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, Snoop just stay right. He be like, yo, I fuck with you and I fuck with you, and y'all gotta get y'all shit together, cuz, cause, cause yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. shit ain't right. <laughs> yeah, you know, but like, nah, man, Snoop is my big brother, my uncle, and I love him, man. Two but,
0: more, two more. This guy yeah. got too many covers, man. The you know but, The Butterfly, though. Yeah. The Butterfly. Wait, give me that one. Not I out beat out yeah. the side. No, I out. Like Gallagher over here. Yeah, no. Nah,
1: so the, so the, the story with the butterfly is that uh, my dad wrote this poem for uh, my grandmother called The Butterfly. And so I always wanted to get a butterfly like tatted somewhere because that poem meant a lot to me. Um, And then I went to Cincinnati and I saw this nigga. This nigga look like this nigga look like he just broke out of jail from doing like three life sentences. This mm. nigga had a big butterfly on his on his face, like right here, but it was huge. Mm. And I was mm-hmm. like, I had been hesitant to get mine because yeah. I was like, oh, I, was I- what nigga's deal. gonna yeah. say. <laughs> and so then I went to New York and uh I was doing 106 parking and after that I think I had TRL but I had like a few hours break. So I mm-hmm. went to a tattoo shop, just walked into one and I told him to, uh that I wanted a butterfly and this nigga like Danner gave me a moth <laughs> on my shit. <laughs> And so that's why it wasn't that I wanted to cover the butterflies, it's just that shit wasn't butterflying. All right. So uh, I damn near, like, I just covered it up, man, and put the LA over it, and it worked out. But, um, that's yeah. That's
2: tame now to, uh, compared to today, you know, what people are getting. Yeah. Oh, facts. <laughs> this ain't shit.
0: Right. Yeah. This is you with the LA. Last one. The LA. Yeah. He LA'd it out. Yeah. I
1: had to LA it out. Yeah. I remember this. This shot in LA, too.
0: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. You can show the camera real quick.
1: Um. Yeah. Right
2: here. I remember that issue.
1: Yeah, the the one where I was holding the gun up like this, that wasn't Double XL. I No, nah, so.
2: that was a source, Oh, that was a source. I couldn't oh, yeah. do that game. I had to sell you yeah, the magazines,
1: Yeah, fuck niggas. Fuck, fuck the source. <laughs> no, fuck I shit. didn't make him say nah, that. No, it's all good, man. No, but man. You,
0: early on, you did shout out Double XL a lot, and that used yeah. to get me hyped, because we wasn't number one yet, so that, well, I thank you that. For that was
1: the part of like being in the unit that like you know, Fifty wasn't fucking with Benzino and them, mm-hmm. and who was Day Mays? Yeah, Fifty wasn't fucking with them, and so and I wasn't fucking with them, cause like they wasn't giving niggas like on the west like five mics for real. And mm-hmm. I really at that time like getting five mics in the source was like absolutely. There's a big deal. The, Deep. That was the biggest deal, yeah. and so being an up and coming rapper, like I really wanted five mics in the source. So really, when them niggas really didn't give me five mics, I was like, I ain't right, nigga, fuck y'all niggas for real. <laughs> right. But yeah, we, nah. Well, you can
0: have those games. No, I watch style if you want. Oh yeah, yeah, that's games. dope, man. Yeah,
2: Since we're you, talking brother. about covers, man, um, on the Drillmatic, the cover features my homegirl Britney Sky. She's braiding your hair on yeah. a burning couch. Can you explain the significance of that art direction?
1: Well, um, so basically, um, like my heart. Is in the hood forever. Even though, even though I can't be in Compton for obvious reasons, like, you know, it just, I would just be making niggas feel bad. Like, I can't just pull my Lambo up, park on the block and let it sit there and make everybody, some niggas gonna feel like motivated from Mm -hmm. it. Other niggas gonna feel like this nigga showing off and like, you know what happens. Like, when so I can't be there every day, but my heart is always there. So that's why I'm getting my hair braided on the couch Mm -hmm. because it's like, that's what niggas would do in the Mm -hmm. trap. You know what I'm saying? That's what i I would get my hair braided on the couch. Um, And so I had Brittany do it because I wanted to make sure that it was um, a woman that was beautiful and strong and that, you know, was somebody that I respected. And I also wanted her to dress up like I wanted us to dress formal because Mm, that is where my mind is. Like I'm, I'm older now. I'm 42. I'll be in business meetings with, you know, with suits on. And so even though I'm a hood nigga getting my hair braided on this couch that will be in a dope spot, I'm dressed up like I'm going to a business meeting, which represents, you know, where I am as far as like my business ventures these days. Um, And then being by the beach is that's my mind all the way. That's where mm-hmm. my mind wants to be. My mind wants to be as free as the ocean, man, just flowing. And just I want my thoughts to just be. Everlasting. I don't never like you go to the beach, man. The, the the ocean just goes back calm and comes up rushing since Earth has been here mm. and it's going to be there after mm. all of us perish. And so that's why the ocean means that much to me. And the last thing that I want to do for myself um the last goal i have in life uh for myself is to buy me a beach house and just wake up every day and just hear that sound man cuz that's really how free um and how at peace i want to be um towards the you know later stages of
2: my life that's dope man you got to respect the growth man no yeah. landlord to slap right Nah, man, we're not doing that no (laughs) more, man. You slapped your mother's landlord, is that real? Yeah,
1: that's real, bro. Why'd you slap your mother's landlord? Because he would just always come, like, pressing, like, my mom for the rent. And, like, if she, I mean, she didn't have it for obvious reasons. She was trying hard. My mom worked a few different jobs, and my pops was in and out of jail. Um, San Quentin, Folsom, Mm -hmm. County Jail, like, just in and out um for miscellaneous different shit um years at a time and uh this nigga Mr. Brown would just always be fucking with my moms man and I don't like now that I'm older it's like nigga did you like her or you just trying <laughs> oh, to he do You remember it, the name he you know you put like hands a, you on you like you like a girl <laughs> in school you tap her you yeah, hit her like yeah. nigga, you come in every day she told you next friday my nigga yeah. and now I'm older and uh, I'm older, I'm on I'm out of the foster home and I'm back with my mom so I'm just like at that point I was like I wasn't even my mom's son no more, for real. I was kind of like just gangbanging and not the baby that she knew. Because when I went to foster home, I was in the third grade. And mm. when I got out, I was in the ninth grade. So by that time, um, six years being away from your mom and being in a different, you know, environment, um, I just rebelled. And I was straight, got out like just a straight gangster. So I was with all the shit. And, and I really love my mom and I love my sisters. And any type of disrespect was going to get met with violence. Yeah, fuck you, Mr. Brown. There's yeah, now nah, Mr. Brown
0: probably chilling right now, man. <laughs> you know, my my heart, man. My heart, not my mind right now. Gotcha. Nah, but once again, respect to that 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 young man was, was a wild young man, so it's great hey, to see 42 year old gay. Yeah, man.
1: I, I'm a lot more uh I wake up every day and these days and I'm just at peace. And I and I don't really fuck with nobody uh besides Eminem on this album. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But but we
2: we explained what that was, right. man. Last question before we get out of here, game. Are you really the man behind Demi Lovato's success at the rehab? (sighs) This guy. I'm just asking Jay. He's a <laughs> hey, shooter. Yo,
1: Demi Demi is a Demi is a good friend of mine. And we had some we had a lot of a lot of talks about like uh depression and drugs and mm. rehab and how to fight back. And yeah, I've been there for and um in some times where she needed to be lifted. And uh we, you know, we talked about it and we did it, and I'm proud of her mm. um for where she is now okay. versus where she was when she was in her darker days, you know. She
0: okay. she dope. Good to know. Well, Game, thank you, brother. We appreciate you, man. Thank All love, finally brothers. do this, man. No, I got the, Absolutely. Bum, I got the
1: bum singer. You got to stay healthy out here. Yeah, man.
0: Salute the game, man. Yeah. There we go. Rap Radar Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah. Fine,
2: thank you, brother. Man. Thank you, Game. Yeah, that's going to be good, man. I'm listening to the good? lyrics. I'm listening to the yeah, music. Yeah, you know this guy right here. He I got, know, Hey, Yeah. Rap Radar is the interval presents original production from Hyper House. Produced by Laura Wasser. Hosts and producers, Elliot Wilson and Brian B. miller From Interval Presents, executive producers, Alan Coy and Jake Kleinberg. Executive producer, Paul Rosenberg. Recording engineer, Jeremy Ogletree. Editing and sound design by Mike Dorsey. Operations lead, Sarah Yu. Business development lead, Sheffi Allen Swag. And marketing lead, Samara Still. Listen on Amazon Music or wherever you get your podcasts.